This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, I'm Grongy McGuire, and this is Chantel Fiducci and Pate. Hello. We bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler, and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. Every week we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. So take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the the way way they were. Hi Chantelle. Hi Grania, how are you? I didn't sleep a wink last night, ask me why. I think I know why, but tell our listeners quite why neither of us can get sleep out of all the excitement, like like the like our very personal Christmas Eve, Christmas Day situation. Tell us. It's September fifteenth. September fifteenth. And the spirits did it all in one night because <laughs> we woke up and it's a live show morning. It is alive. If you are listening to this on your way to work in the morning. Tonight, it's, you can feel it in the air. It's electric. Mm. You can feel it. It's happening yeah. tonight. We are taken to the stage for the first time live. Yes. If you're on your way to work and if people are making small talk, just say to them, God damn it. Let's just say what we're all thinking. <laughs> it's the way they were live episode tonight. Stop living in denial. What are we doing? <laughs> Nothing else matters. Now, I really, we're recording this a bit in advance, so I really hope there isn't a major, like, catastrophe that happened this morning. If so, we have, you know, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. So it's fine. But also, if, if anything bad did happen, you need to sort of forget about reality. Why not come see us tonight? I'm sure it's sold out by now, but you never know. You could always, you can maybe try and sneak in, you know, try and get like, like a groupie, try and sneak your way in and get backstage with us and hang out yeah but instead of like a groupie just like give me and Chantal loads of compliments so we'll yeah. be like you can come in you can come in yeah if you just keep telling us that we both look like we need to eat something finally oh. then you'll slide right in <laughs> don't worry about it so speaking of excitement there are other exciting things if you can't make it tonight you still get this incredible episode oh, with an my... amazing oh. amazing guest wait honestly when we started in this doing the pod there's like a list of comedians I was like who will be absolutely perfect who will be so good and then uh, this comedian and I I was like oh my god imagine if he would do it and then he said yes and he did do it it was something else it was one of my favourite ones to record I loved it he was so lovely and also he's so so far he's now the one to beat I think in terms of the background of his video the room he was in that was that was he really it's really like curated you could tell this guy's Mm. done this a few times so he's now the one to beat and okay, not just that, amazing bookshelf and also what else? Amazing skin. That's His oh, complexion so was glowing. Good. He was glowing. Hair, yeah, he's drop the routine whenever you want, mate. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Find yourself a comedian that can do both. Find yourself a comedian like our amazing guest, Russell Cade. The, the way, way they were. Hi, Russell. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Russell. <laughs> 
<laughs> so our listeners know you best probably as an incredible stand-up comedian, a fa- fantastic writer, broadcaster. But what they're listening to this podcast is to find out, amongst all that, are you romantic? Yes, definitely. I, I really enjoy it. I'm, I'm one of those people that gets more sort of embarrassed on my birthday receiving the intention attention it's not that i don't like it i love stuff and i love being spoiled but I, I don't know i feel like i get all of the me center of attention stuff out of my system on stage i think when mm. i was younger i needed a bit more look i'm the first one dancing on the table in the restaurant but because all of that is milked out of by stand-up mm. i'm definitely more comfortable with the ones springing the surprises and that falls into the romantic realm as well uh, I love doing stuff like that. Oh, really? We love a romantic. Right. So what's the most romantic thing you've done? Oh, so many things for, Lin- for Lindsay. I'm, I'm surprising her all the time. She's really one of those people that's really easy to fool. Would never <laughs> spot the, the sort of covert reason for going somewhere. I suppose that just just propo- proposing would be one of the most romantic moments ah, of my, of my tell life. Tell us the story. We, and how we met is even more romantic. <laughs> uh, pro- the proposal's a quick one. We, we were doing a house up and I said, let's just have one dinner in it while it's a horrible shell. We'd only been going out 18 months and we were moving in together. And with this house was going to be done up like a shell. I was buying it. We weren't buying a house together. That would have been too much, too quick. And uh, and I hired, I hired like a private chef because the kitchen was barely used. Oh, my eight, God. Look at so you already. This is pretty in this, big. In this, in this shell of a house in Essex in Woodford. And he said, I will leave the dessert with you. It's a very special dessert. I must leave the sauce for 10 minutes and you must take the lid off and pour it. I will leave it. Bonsoir. Have a great night. Oh, my and, God. Uh, and of course, underneath that was this engagement ring just waiting. <gasps> Russell Kane uh, as I live yeah. and breathe. Oh my god! But how we how we met was romantic then, but these days would I'd probably be cancelled because she was in the front row of my comedy gig, uh, which of of course probably by today's standards would mean I'd emotionally manipulated her, <laughs> cancelled for a sex offence. You've also just uh, you've also encouraged then, about forty thousand men to join comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, back, but back then it was like I'm famous. Do what I say. And uh, no, I was uh, I was on I wasn't famous at all. I was on stage in a three hundred seater in Chester, and she'd Lindsay, who's like really ballsy, had been given crap seats at the back, and she'd argued with the Ashens, like, look, the only seats left are four seats in, in the front where you're going to have to sit there with your mum and your dad and your mate and he will speak to the front row. She's like, I don't care, I want the best seats in the house. And the funny thing was, on the way to the gig, she'd just had a bad breakup, not knowing that I had. And she'd said to her mum, I hope, why can't I sit in the front row tonight? This is before she knew the front row was only available. This comedian will fall in love with me. And then oh, shush. We get, I swear to God. And her mum went, Lindsay, don't be ridiculous. He's a homosexual. Because <laughs> I get that all the time. Well, not so much now I'm married, but it's, it was a, a question I was asked a lot, more by women than gay men. And, uh, of course, she did sit in the front row. I went on, pretty girl in the in the front row. Um, but, I, you know, every, I spoke to everyone in the front row, but obviously I remember, I re, you do, you do. come on, Gwen, you remember if someone's fit in the front row. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You remember if they're I realise in 2033 we'll be cancelled for even remarking <laughs> that someone is attract Attraction itself is a phallogocentric, misogynistic act. And... Um, <laughs> And uh, she, I was just really, really hor- like messing around. And I said, what's your name? Oh, I'm Lindsay. And she did like a posh sort of, um, you know, like posh northern voice, like Audrey from Coronation Street. Yeah, she yeah, was yeah. Trying, to, trying to suppress her mank voice. And she had like a fake fur jacket on her leg. So I did an improvisation. Oh, but I'm love, I'm love, Lindsay. The look this, already. Oh, yeah. 
the faux fur. Done. I whipped the faux fur off her leg, took it on stage, and I did a sort of quite coarse improvisation where I implied that she was so posh that when she waxed, mink fur came off from her body. <laughs> oh my it was God, much more explicit than that, as you can imagine. And Public I was like, flirting. I was laying in, my mum and dad are there, by the way, and I'm laying in stirrups position going, oh, my minky, like that. That's that. <laughs> and, and I threw a coat back, did the gig. It was a barnstormer. Everyone left the theatre. And I said to my... um said to my manager my tour manager I bet I never see that girl again she was well fit anyway I've only just split up with this girl it'd be too complicated anyway so when the complications subsided two weeks later I fired one word into the Twitter sphere Lindsay's got the tweet framed on her wall I just oh fired the God. word minky not who remembers the Chester gig hashtag minky I just whoosh, fired the word minky into the air and um this this girl tweeted me and was like, "Is this does this refer to the joke you were doing two weeks ago? That was about my friend. She was in the audience. I was like, is she on Twitter? So like, yeah, she is. Like, follow, and follow, here DM, we go. DM, and we're off. out on a out on a date. And now who you later, are married, with a with a vapid child later. learning piano? Uh, <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> and on the inside of my wedding ring, which I can I can run and get at the end if you want to pick up, it says, uh, "You had me at Minky." My God, Russell, what a story. That must be one of the most romantic. Usually people just say, no, I hate romance. And that's the end of that. Well, you can meet people at work when you're in stand-up. You can. Oh, my God. That's an epic tale of love. But but you you have kids, don't you? Yeah, I've got one daughter, yeah. I don't know how my parents met. The fact that, you know... What? It's so mad, isn't it? She has a lot of pressure. My parents did, met I, in a very romantic way and I'm fucked. <laughs> so she has a lot of pressure. <laughs> I did a saucy romantic thing once. It was um, when Lindsay was disappointingly obsessed with that um, Shades of Grey thing. It's not that I'm against it. I just can't, you know, I, did, I tried to, it's like trying to read Dan Brown. I'm not being a snob. It just, it doesn't go, it, it just, I can't absorb it. It's like fuzzy felt I, rather than painting. But the film, I get it, Jamie Dornan's fit. And she, she wanted to go and see it. So I was like, oh, um, we'll, we'll, we're doing something tonight. Just just be ready. I'd book tickets only at the local cinema. Then when she was in the bath, I left and went to the cinema ahead of her. And there was a note that was like, go and sit in the bedroom now in a chair. And then she was sitting instructions like, get dressed. Uh, and then it was like, look out of the window. And I'd hired like the biggest, cheesiest Essex grey black limo. I was like, my car's outside, get in. Oh my the, dri- God. the driver was instructed not to speak to her and bring her to the cinema. And she came to the cinema and we got really drunk and watched the movie. I mean, I'll, I'll end the story there, but you can imagine. Oh, by the time, my God. By the time we got home. How did anyone do anything? <laughs> okay, you need to teach men how to like romance oh women. God. Seriously, my Well, that's erring on the side of sort of erotic, but it was still romantic. <laughs> <laughs> 50 Shades of Essex. I love it. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> My God, well, I hope our couple can compete. Well, I love stuff like that. We So as Chantel does not know who our couple is. Oh, great. But oh, I have, I've got a few clues uh, to lead her on the way to the treasure hunt that is the pot of gold that is our, our couple. So Chantel, I can tell you, our couple got together <laughs> in the romantic year of... 1509. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Do you remember? Fuck well, you. just to, just to jog you. your memory, just to jog your memory, Chantel, as you probably know, 1509, John Calvin is born. Michelangelo paints the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel and the Portuguese defeat a Muslim fleet at the Battle of Jew. <laughs> Yeah. But that's not all that happens. <laughs> I don't even know that any of that happens. So. Thank you, thank you for mer- mercifully leaving out any Irish and British history from that year because it would the whole atmosphere would have gone awkward. <laughs> oh, a load of people died probably. 
that's not all that happened. Oh, Our dream couple found each other in that year. He wore his heart on his green sleeves. But family problems turned his queen from the one to the one who was Aragon. God, why are you making an American talk about history? I hate you. Why are you doing this to me? No, that was a massive clue. I know the Aragon was a clue, but you have to remember, Russell, I'm not that smart. So all I know is Aragon. I'm like, who the fuck was that? And the green sleeve, I know that as well, but I can't find a name for it either. You have to just, just fuck, I'm not going to get it. You have to tell me. It's, I don't I, know. Tell me. Just tell me. Who are our couple, Russ? It's Henry VIII and his first wife, Catherine of Aragon. Oh, the first one. Okay, we're in. The first one. Which is an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a proper break. It's the only proper breakup, really, he had. Yeah, because the rest of them, yeah, of course, aside from Catherine Parr. But yeah, here we go. The first Catherine. So we'll do, obviously, a deep dive into their relationship, but... This is exciting. What was it about this couple that you were like, this is the one that I want to talk about? Why are you interested in them? Well, for the first reason, just on a bad when you when you when I got the messages about breakups, I genuinely was like, "All oh, right, I'll go and flick through old copies of Heat and uh, what's the juicy <laughs> one." And then I thought, actually, the mother of all breakups that put a wedge between the whole of Europe and Britain, which led all the way up to 2016 and Brexit, which messed up Anglo-Irish relations. It's so, <laughs> it's one of the worst split ups ever to happen. And we're still recovering from it today. Still going. I mean, you hear about psycho exes and it's normally the girl that gets called that. But on this yeah. occasion, I can confidently say <laughs> that Henry VIII is the psycho ex from hell to the extent when he disestablished the Catholic Church in England and made his own church so he could do like a mental divorce to a woman he no longer wanted to bone. I mean, you talk about toxic masculinity being a modern development. This guy invented his own church so he could divorce and then imprison a wife who just couldn't get up the duff anymore and wasn't fit enough and he fancied a ginger PA, basically. Yeah, it's, it's true. one of the most. It is. I cannot think of a messier breakup in history. You could probably think of more violent and worse one, but none where we are literally still feeling the consequences of it today. We're not part of Europe. We never will be. Bloody Catholics! It, it that comes from here. He literally invented not being a Catholic. We were all Catholic <laughs> until he wanted to bone Anne Boleyn. He literally oh, had a hard on for for his wife's PA. And created a Catholic and Protestant issues, which persist to this day. Like Hard border, he certainly had one. <laughs> right, so before we get any further, I think you've definitely argued why uh, they're relevant. Why it's an important couple. Why it's pertinent to the podcast. But there are some people listening who will be slightly losing their patience and saying, okay, this is all well and good. But what about their star signs? So. <laughs> I did not expect you to come out with that. <laughs> we, we, did, we, we, we don't miss anything. We take all. Details matter. It's almost like I, I dived so deep, we had to come up a little bit. We had to come back. <laughs> into yeah. the shallower waters for a second right. to recover. That's right. <laughs> so Henry VIII, as you probably know, was born June 28th. He's a cancer king. Classic cancer. Mm. He's quite literally a cancer king. Kathy, mm. 6th of December, Sagittarius. Okay. So, Russ, based on that information, 
Cancer and Sagittarius. What chance do they ever have of making it work? Yes, I, I have no idea. Yeah, give uh, us a give us a guess of a percentage, though. If you had to guess a percentage, what would you say? Well, given that Henry's birthday is estimated <laughs> of seven years, <laughs> I'm going to call into question you pinpointing his star sign for a start. Based on his behaviour, I would have him down more Leo, show off, centre of attention. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's not you know when your star signs. My he's mind. not quite Ooh. Cancerian in his behaviour. Aren't they quite reserved and thoughtful, Cancerians or? Am I, I, mean, I have absolutely I'm pulling no idea. On old knowledge I'm, here. I mean, there's a reason why most comedians are born in August. Mm. We're all Leos. So, Chantal, what what percentage are you giving? I'm um, giving forty eight. By the way, forty eight percent. Forty eight. Forty eight percent. Nice. I'm going to give him seven percent. Seven percent. Okay. Well, I can tell you. Although they value different things and different characteristics, different they have. Things. <laughs> That's a way of putting it. <laughs> they have a strong link in the way they value knowledge. Cancer, that's Henry, will value Sagittarius, Kathy's honesty, and their ability to act on emotional impulse, even if they don't understand the emotion behind the act. Sagittarius, Kathy, will value Cancer, Henry's dedication to things they love, and their incredible ability for compassion. Mm. Well, it was, I mean, of he course, was passionate, like all, like, like all relationships, it, you know, it was happy. It wasn't like it was a disaster from the start, like some of his other five relationships, the most, the worst one being the middle one. I mean, everyone focuses on the one he cut the heads off and that is a bad end to any it relationship. Is bad. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, but Anne of Cleve, she, she oh. takes it really. She didn't even last a year. It was unconsummated. He couldn't even bring himself to Bona <laughs> once to, I mean, you're talking about creating the heir to the throne of England. If I was put in that position, I could bone anyone <laughs> just to, for, no, for the sake of your country, you just get on. You literally on lie it. back and think I'm of England, Henry. Do the, do the Henry the Hoover if I had to, whatever it took. Well, so back to Henry and Cathy, you said 46%. Yes, 48. According, or, or 48, sorry, according to their star signs. Forty-five percent. How wowzers! He knows that, the stuff. That is the it's just because I know because they were so hand. happy up until she only gave him, him a daughter and stopped bearing children. I don't think they were arguing, or there was no there's no evidence it went sour. She could she was just no longer of any use, mm -hmm. and he thought he could just cast her aside. But he he came unstuck with Catherine of Aragon. He came well, massively unstuck. Let's have a look at their emotional CV before they meet. So we'll go to Catherine first. Catherine is born the youngest daughter of Ferdinand of Aragon and Isabella of Castile. So they are both monarchs. So that's really important for thinking about Catherine's sort of worldview is that she, unlike Henry, who was the spare, Catherine is like, you are, your mother is a queen. Women can rule. You yeah. are being brought up to be a queen, a monarch, a ruler. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, important. In fact, not a lot of people realise Henry was the second son. He was never supposed to be king. He's like Queen Elizabeth II mm. who we just had. It was, mm. it was never on the cards. So, but uh, Catherine from an early, she is like, she, she is royalty, royalty. The Tudor monarchy is brand new. It is very tenuous connection to the crown, really. Whereas Catherine is... Her mother is a monarch in her own right. Her father is a monarch in his own right. Her mm -hmm. nephew goes on to become Charles the, the Fifth Emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. So she is what I would call a catch. 
Yeah. Yeah. She is a catch. And, and she's, she's beautiful as well, right? She's a notoriously fit as bruv. She is gorgeous. She's got beautiful golden hair. She's really well educated. She studies the languages, law, the arts. At the age of four, she is betrothed, betrothed in marriage to Prince Arthur, Henry's big brother, who's the heir to the British throne. So Every Arthur. four-year-old's dream. I, I wanted a Barbie dream house. She got a ring. <laughs> so it's yeah. Aged four. But she's her whole life told you're going to be Queen of England. Mm -hmm. It's not like it just kind of happened. Like from the age of four, she is groomed. She is educated. That is like your whole identity. So believe little Catherine of Aragon. Just like engaged. (laughs) Get ready for the big day. I'm a dying. Four years old. He said yes. (laughs) What am I going to wear, girls? By the way, I just shit myself. (laughs) (laughs) The world's smallest garter belt. I shit myself. Are you nervous? No, I've shit myself. I'm not not quite trained. (laughs) Do you think she had a little hen? Did she have a little hen do? A little hen party. They all hung out in the sandbox. <laughs> little little five year olds going, Oh, it's too late for me. Are you going oh, to the, the bride? Ball? Are you going to the ball pit? <laughs> so across the water, <sighs> Prince Henry is born. So the War of the Roses has just ended. His family have a real tenuous claim to the throne. He is the second son. He's not been brought up to be king, but he is basically brought up like just obsessed with tales of chivalry and of being like a a knight. He reads all the romantic tales of like King Arthur's court. So from a really, really, and it's funny, I went to an exhibition of all the the books that Henry studied when he was at school. And it's all like knights on, you know, horses rescuing princesses. So he's really, he's a, a very romantic idealized little kid okay so he's got a very he loves the idea of rescuing damsels in distress that that's his jam that's his jam baby in 1501 Catherine comes to england she is going to be the first foreign consort in 50 years she is gorgeous she is a superstar this is when henry meets her for the first time she is 16 Henry is 10 and he plays a part in the ceremonies surrounding her marriage to his brother. And just like imagine there's little Henry. He's brought up in all these tales of like magical princesses and heroic knights. And he sees this magical golden haired princess from overseas. She's slightly older than him. Like he was starstruck. (laughs) Absolutely starstruck. Who is this babe? So they get married, Catherine and Arthur get married, but three months after they're married, they both get ill, Catherine recovers, but Arthur doesn't, and he dies at the age of 15. So Rough times, okay, so she's a widow at 16. <laughs> yeah. Great, great. Yeah. So the classic engaged at four, widow <laughs> at there, guys, <laughs> tales all this time. <laughs> So then it's like you- every other person we do, Grania. What's different this time? It just it sounds like the estate I grew up on, to be honest. <laughs> Bloody hell. So the next year, Henry's mother dies. 
Henry is 12 at this stage, so his brother oh, dies really next year. It was the 15th century, wasn't it? Everyone's <laughs> just dying young. <laughs> but there's this princess who's in the kingdom. You know, mm-hmm. Princess Catherine. And she becomes a bit of a problem because what do they do with her? So, and Henry VII is like a real skinflint. So he's like, mm. why am I paying for the upkeep of like this dowager princess? It's She's got this whole court that's really expensive. Mm-hmm. So for a while, Henry VII is like, my wife's dead. Maybe I'll just marry her. Fair, that makes sense. But then Catherine's parents are like, no way are you marrying our daughter. So then, you know, they they start cutting back on her household. And then poor Catherine is like stuck there. She went from being like a princess of Spain to like moving around these miserable castles. She starts having to pay her own servants. She is very, very miserable. Things aren't going well for Catherine. Here's a moment to remind us. So mm-hmm. we've got this beautiful princess now trapped in a tower. Really sad. If only somebody could rescue her. The manic pixie dream girl was alive forever, guys. <laughs> it wasn't the Zoe Dashnell who invented it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. So as soon as his dad dies, Henry organizes a papal dispensation because she was technically married to her his brother for mm-hmm. a little bit. Technically, or actually. <laughs> well, we, we it's paperwork, bygones. That will come back to bite poor Catherine soon. They mm. get married in 1509. He's 17. She's 23. Quiet wedding, but huge. Big double coronation. Great stuff. Okay. 17 and 23 is an interesting age gap. <laughs> that is a very difference in maturity between a woman and a guy. He was the Harry Styles of his time. He really in- was. Oh, I guess so. Really okay. What? And do you, like, Russell, do you maybe identify? Like, he was very idealistic. He was really, really romantic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my. So I was, unlike most of the lads where I grew up, I, I suffered badly from serial uh, monogamy. It wasn't until I got into my 30s that I, I think it's actually worse to be that way than to be someone who just bangs their way through their mm. 20s, male or fe- or female, makes no difference. So I was untouched and, and crying with romantic... No- I left school without even kissing a girl at 16, didn't even lose my kiss ginity. That, that needs a word, <laughs> that, for people like me. <laughs> And uh, eventually at 17, literally the first girl who kissed me was like, oh, I cried on the way home in the car. <laughs> I love her instantly. And then together for three years, break up, feel like I'm going to kill myself in the bedroom. Next, next weekend, kiss another girl, fall in love, three years. And that pattern got me 
all the way to the age of about 33, 34. It was my mum who said she's had so many pictures of me with my arm around the one in the conservatory. Like The frame was about <laughs> eight inches thick at the back. And she, when I split up with this particular girl, my mum was like, you need to have a year being single. Actually single, quite, yeah. quite the weird thing for a mother to do to encourage a son to go at it like a sewing machine in a power surge. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a formal forced year of being single so what comes natural to most men uh, I actually had to force myself to do before I leapt into another not yet recovered rebound probably turned toxic because of me yeah. not being ready or, or needing too much now I had never had a one night stand but at the age of 33 35. I mean it's not really like that shocking amazing thing but it is if you knew like where I come from. I've been to Ibiza twice. <laughs> I've been to Ibiza, guys. <laughs> I've been to eight, I've been to eighteen thirty holidays and come home without kissing a girl. So proud because I'm so in love with Zoe back here. And uh, you know, it's just not in. It wasn't in my nature. Mm. It was fun for like I don't know three or four months. Of course, it's fun and exciting. Sex is, but uh, but but by the time eight or nine months had passed and I got to the August from the from the February I was I was already I love you again but before that I used to think oh I'm so superior to the other sort of Neanderthal lads smashing nine birds in the weekend yeah looking yeah back, I was just as unhealthy but in a different in a different way, way. completely <laughs> but you're you're the exact same as Henry VIII that's exactly Basically. what the end of the was. Except I didn't cut the heads off the guy. I just dumped and then cried in my bedroom. Well, yeah, you're young. You're young still. We'll see. <laughs> still, watch out, Lindsay. Still time to come. Exactly. <laughs> this is his she loses. She loses her head regularly, but that's another subject altogether. <laughs> So Henry VIII, he has big gestures. He's like, I'm in love. I've rescued this beautiful Spanish princess. We are going to be a power couple. And for the first 10 years, they are the power couple of European royalty. Uh, Catherine is really popular. She, Unlike Henry, she's got diplomatic experience. She knows European politics. They were so in love with each other, they would write letters to each other if they were away from each other for more than three days. Oh, that's sweet. So besotted. Henry called her his angel and beautiful flower. And what was so special about Cathy is she could sew shirts and discuss war with France. <laughs> yeah, she was pretty badass actually. It wasn't so she? I mean, she, she was. She was re like really intelligent. Later in her life, she did some amazing things to do with education. And she didn't she get on a horse when she was like nine months pregnant or something? Because Henry was away and went, I've got this, and like rode out with a pregnancy bump and did this inspirational speech or something. Well, because she had such experience she basically mm -hmm. was a co-regent with him and he was it so henry was a party boy he loved you know just like having a good time jousting the arts all that stuff and she was more of a details person so he was really happy to deputize to catherine and cardinal wolsey mm -hmm. he'd just apparently his favorite thing was he liked to dress him and his friends used to dress up as robin hood and his merry men and then they used to burst into her chambers and she'd have to go, oh! Remember when I said how the age difference in maturity was quite a big deal? This is what I was talking about. <laughs> so I kind of saw this coming. Yeah, he, did, he didn't grow out of that, though. He, he, did a, he introduced himself like that all the time. He would send someone in pretending to be him and he would be like a rude servant in the background. 
and then go, oh, oh I'm my... actually the king, and like, prank, oh you, got, you got punked, how'd you feel, punked? <laughs> oh, God. Because he had the read... original Ashton Kutcher. Because he had read so many tales of, like, you know, the princess being able to recognise her true love, even though That's he was right. dressed as, like, a pauper. So he yeah. thought, oh, well... I'll just you keep know. doing that to prove he she thought, loves me. He thought he would emanate natural regal energy and people go, wait a minute, surely that's the king behind you glowing, but it never worked. Never. Like, Who, who's that annoying peasant that keeps talking? It's like, it's me, it's me. I'm the fucking, I'm the king. So Catherine would indulge him. That's the big thing. She was happy to indulge him. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1513, while Henry was off at war, Catherine deputised. She became regent. She led the army. I think she didn't go all the way to Scotland, but she got quite far north. The army was able to win against the Scots and she sent Henry the bloodstained coat of the murdered king as proof that he was dead. Sexy. That's romance. Is that the one where she was about eight months pregnant? I think so. Yeah. yeah. That is badass. That is. That's nice. Mind you, like dating northern women in the U- in the UK, Lindsay's like, like before that, uh, I'd only gone out with girls from sort of where I'm from. So if there's any ever- trouble, cause I'm not like, I'm not exactly like a, a six foot seven bodybuilder. They'd be like, get in the car, he's, he's twice your size, yeah. you know, get out of the pub. Whereas Lindsay would be like, you ain't in the car, I'll smash his fucking head in fine. <laughs> Again, another way you're like Henry VIII, you like strong women. <laughs> True. Honestly, Lindsay, watch out. The gout is coming soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, more swan meat, I think, for dinner. <laughs> so I think this is Catherine and Henry in their pomp, in their prime. So mm-hmm. what I would like to do is... Do, 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 do. So imagine a scroll has arrived and it's from Henry and Cathy and they're inviting you for a night out. I would say on the town, but probably just a night out maybe... In, on the court. In Greenwich or mm. maybe in um, Hampton Court. To you, Russell. So what do you imagine Ooh. a night out with Henry and Kathy being like? What do you think their dynamic is? I think it would be themed. I think they're one of those people that would definitely force fancy dress on people, which I always mm. resent. There would definitely be formal games and jollity rather than, mm-hmm. you know, I work so hard when I go out. I just... I'm fine just having a drink and having a laugh and dancing. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be all right now. It's we're going to formally do like pin the swan, the swan wing on the half dead donkey or whatever the game was back yeah, then. Right. Henry yeah. and Kathy would have games. I feel there'd be a lot of formal games, clapping, dancing, mm-hmm. and uh, I imagine eating and drinking to excess given the size that Henry ended. What do you think they were like as a couple? What's their dynamic? Close, romantic. I think he'd be staring at her look you'd be talking to him and he'd be staring past you and she's just so beautiful i love her so much they're sickening like that at that stage just super enamored was it you think they were enamored in a kind of way where you're like this isn't gonna last guys this this can't go on forever <laughs> there's, there's, there's not, not not a realism here that you're both just kind of starry-eyed about each other i don't know i think he might be a sort of live in the moment not overthinking yeah? type mm-hmm. person that's part of the problem back then marrying someone that's six seven years older than you if you're the king has one obvious biological problem there's yeah. less time to produce the son that it will be necessary for him to produce. And it's more of an issue if you're a Tudor because, as Gronia pointed out, the, the dynasty is not pro- the house is not properly established. So if you've only got 10 years of son making, but yeah. he's so blind, he's so drunk by Catherine. Drunk Catherine. in love. Yeah. He's drunk in love. Yeah. Her, state, her status was high, so she felt very mm-hmm. safe. 
She's 20, mm. let's say she, we're two years in. She's a 25-year-old mm. woman, a co-regent, extremely powerful. Aragon is a well-respected kingdom. Yeah. She also was probably caught up, not realising she's got two main problems here. Number one, the old biological clock is ticking. At least that kind of misogyny has gone away in 2023. Mm. And uh, num- <laughs> number two, when her own family dies, what she doesn't realise is Aragon and Castile are going to merge meaning she ain't queen of shit anymore back home. <laughs> she's, she she drops significantly down the ranking. Mm-hmm. She's got two things coming at her, but she's so caught up like eating swan and drinking mead yeah. in Hampton Court that she doesn't realise that she's on a ticking time bomb. And also they they were very religious. They believed if they prayed enough, the sun, this, the sun oh, would arrive. Yeah, they had point. no reason not mm. to think they wouldn't have a, a boy. Yeah, well, speaking of babies, after seven years of marriage, Mary is born. So Catherine... It's a long time. Can we just talk about how long that is before that the is first really baby? It's a really long there, time for a royal family back there, then. I think there would be a lot wild. of um, miscarriages and, and tragedies been, before yeah. that. So she has one miscarriage and two stillbirths. Between. That's actually lower than I well. thought. Some of those were boys, weren't they, as well? Yeah. And this is where the, the cracks start to show. So Catherine is really happy with the the girl because remember she's brought up in a world war her mother was a girl's queen she's brought in a world of Quan. that's right (laughs) she spells it (laughs) k-w-u-n so she so she like educates mary like she doesn't see the same way that henry does but um bit more problematic for her situation is then a year later henry has a son with one of his ladies in waiting. Mm. And he's delighted. And this puts the thought into his head. Hang on. It's not my problem. I can make sons. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is the first like crack in sort of like his view of his marriage with Catherine. And not only does he have the son with one of the ladies in waiting, he publicly acknowledges that it is his son. Didn't he call it Henry as well or something fucked up like that? I think he called him Henry Fitzroy, which is like... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, my son. It's like the opposite of covering up an affair. There she is. I got her pregnant and I'm going to call the baby me. (laughs) Do what I like. I'm king. Dance on one foot. (laughs) And then in, in 1525... He's the, he's the opposite of Boris Becker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he throws a massive public ceremony for him when his son turns six. Wow. So, and Catherine that is... That would fuck you up. But oh. I mean, as, a, as a woman, I, as a man, <laughs> as a human, that would piss you off. There's a party for the illegitimate kid he had banging <laughs> someone else behind my back. Do you want, do you want to pull a cracker? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Like, what's the, what's the, like, do you bring a present? Are you supposed to just bring a card? Like, congratulations, <laughs> you're my husband's son. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that one. In <laughs> you see, maybe a paper chase, a paper chase, if brought out cards like that, they'd still they be still with around. They'd still be around. So Catherine obviously is fuming and really embarrassed, but this sort of enters... So they were together for, spoiler, about 20 years. So the second decade of their relationship in the 1520s, Catherine, so her, sort of, her, her role in court changes. So she's older. Uh, she steps back from court a little bit. By now, both her parents are dead. Mm. As Russell, as you said, she's no longer as powerful as she once was. She's mm. gone from being daughter of, you know, the rulers of 
the two biggest kingdoms in Spain to like an ant of the people in charge. Yeah. Mm. And crucially, Henry and Cardinal Wolsey now are no longer bothered about an alliance with Spain. They want an alliance with France. So it's like, okay, cool. What have you done for me lately? So... So she's stepping back. You used to win all these wars for me when we were first going out. That's the equivalent of Lindsay said to me the other day, you used to write poems for me. Do you remember when you rode on horseback and like you got that Scottish king's bloody rag? You don't do that for me anymore. <laughs> Show me you care. Bring me the head of the King of France. <laughs> the spark's gone. The spark's gone. The spark's gone. <laughs> And Henry is getting bored of Catherine. He's in his mid-30s. She's in her early 40s. And she has been pregnant a billion times. So the King of France says of the the royal couple, Henry has an old deformed wife. (gasps) While he himself is young and handsome. Deformed? What a shit stirrer. If that was Love Island, you'd see straight through that, wouldn't you? Classic, classic. On the terrace. That's so, such a basic put down, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, <laughs> well, you're old and deformed. <laughs> She's How like basic. Four- is that? It's fucking monarch. Come up with something a bit better than that. <laughs> Talk about her feathers. She has no. She has no monarchy to go back to yeah, anymore. Well, Any well, you, just... you smell of shit. <laughs> One up from that. <laughs> So it's not great. Things are not great. Uh-huh. And people are scared there's going to be a return to the War of the Roses because there's no heir to the throne. It's, England's going to go back into chaos again. Enter Anne Boleyn. Uh-oh. Here she comes. Here she Here comes. comes trouble. <laughs> Here she's, imagine her slow walking into yeah, the Yeah, it, it would be one of the slow, cool walks, yeah. <laughs> she's a bombshell. <laughs> yes, she's doing the Maya Jama walk in. Yeah. <laughs> So, Anne, she was brought up in the French court. Everybody says she's really clever. She's really, uh, like, interesting. And not only is she the it girl, her family is known as Fertile Stock. Well, there you go. Because are you ready for this? Her mother gave birth ten times. Take that. So, Henry takes one look at Anne Boleyn and thinks, hmm, how valid was my marriage to Catherine of Aragon. Here we go. Clever. Come on, Henry. He thinks, you know what? It probably isn't valid because there's a passage in the Bible that says a man shall not lie with his brother's wife. And if you do, the penalty is childlessness. Mm. Easy out. He's done it. He's found the loophole. But the the sub-clause of that is only if they boned. If the marriage is unconsummated, you can dodge Leviticus. This is the only time I side with Henry's logic, not his actions. To say that if you put a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old in a bed for three months in Monmouthshire, <laughs> it does stretch. The, I know they had sweating sickness for the last two weeks before <laughs> Prince Arthur died, but it does stretch the imagination somewhat. That I mean, at least, a hand, at least a hand job. Come on. He got his end away at some point. Come must on. Have, it must have. There's so no this, way she was a virgin. No so, way. So this is becomes what the all of England is talking about. Did King... It was Prince, not sex as I understood the definition. <laughs> <laughs> Did Prince Arthur and Princess Catherine have sex 
on the night of their wedding or not. And it all becomes... And remember, this is like 20... He's 15. They did it on the afternoon. <laughs> he barely got down the aisle before he probably ejaculated so hard it took out a stained glass window. He's 15, for God's sake. <laughs> So there's two conflicting stories. There's two conflicting stories. <laughs> I'll go on then. Her ladies-in-waiting say nothing happened. They went to bed. They woke up. She said absolutely nothing happened. Classic girlfriends. And the lads are like, you fucking got away with her immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was... <laughs> get, a, get a stair lift fitted. It's a, a mechanical stair lift. She's going to need it to get down the stairs. <laughs> There's some wellies made for the clunk shoes you're walking through, yeah. bro. Go on. <laughs> Smash the chastity belt off it. <laughs> Smash the plague out of her. So whereas his gentleman in waiting claim that on his wedding night he came out and boasted to his friends that he exactly. that he'd spent the night in the heat of Spain. <laughs> oh, I love it. Doesn't nothing love it. changes. It's been like six hundred years. It's exactly the same. It's nothing's nothing changed. changed. Uh, someone has said that humans today in Ibiza. We're recording this in August. I guarantee someone from Leeds will. Let's just say I spent the evening in the heat of Spain. Definitely. I guarantee it. Some someone has said it this year in Ibiza. Oh, We've literally 100%. not progressed. We're not progressed for five hundred years. Nothing. Wow. <laughs> Literally computers, cars, and fucking braces is about it. Otherwise, but, we're identical. But to be fair, to be come on, Grania, which of those two accounts is most believable? I'm I not, just, I just, it's not about you know they're a married couple, they're, they're so... teenagers in the same bed for the night. But I just think, I, what is the level of sex education in Tudor England that they had any mm. idea what to do? I just think they would have just True. been like, uh, uh, uh. It's probably his first time alone with somebody who he wasn't related mm. to. Oh, you fucking work it out. Have you yeah. seen Blue Lagoon? You work it out. <laughs> you yeah. start learning where it goes where. You figure yeah. it out. Heat is heat is quite euphemistic. Could have been an armpit and he wouldn't have done. <laughs> under, it's very warm. Somehow humans managed to just kind of figure it out on their own. But I, 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 see, I see your point, but I'm, mm. I'm with Russell. I think they definitely banged. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, so, Leviticus. Henry VIII is is plotting, plotting, plotting to try and have this wedding annulled. Okay. Meanwhile, him, Catherine, and Anne are living together in the palace, oh, and everybody's well, acting. Everybody's acting like nothing's going on. Nobody is acknowledging what's happening. So mm -hmm. they're no longer sleeping together. But Henry is not seeing her as much. Catherine is still. She is. Fighting for Henry. She is fighting. It, it, it is Love Island where they're coupled up and have to sleep yeah. in the same bed even That's though they right. split up and they're banging someone else. Nothing's changed. It's, it's very depressing. Love Island. So oh Catherine... God, that's where they ripped it from ITV. Oh, oh, some money to the Tudor estate. So Catherine continues sewing Henry's shirts. Her and her goddamn shirts. Which if you were in, if you were a tutoring, then you'd be like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> She's yeah. sewing a shirt. And Anne is raging. She is... Not his trousers though, clearly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she's, she's still, she's like, I'm a queen. You're my husband. This is not happening. Like, she's just like, this is not happening. So they're still dining together in public. They're still, uh, like, exchanging presents, courtesies. All the while, Anne is just there. So apparently there was a time... Because she... Well, she was still serving as Catherine's lady-in-waiting. There was a time, apparently, where... The, and like a historian said, this actually happened. Mm -hmm. Catherine... Henry and Anne sometimes used to play cards together. Whoa. 
while this was all happening. Some tense poker faces. Mm. And, and then apparently there was a time where Catherine was playing cards with Anne and uh, apparently Anne drew a king card. I bet she did. <laughs> and Catherine said, my lady Anne, you have good hap to stop at a king, but you are not like others. You will have all or none. Oh, wow. Which I, it doesn't read, you know, comedy ages very quickly. So we just have to assume if we were in the Tudor court, we would be like, oh no, no, she did. DJ would have gone, (laughs) and the beat would have dropped. (laughs) Def Jam comedy. (laughs) So Henry finally comes clean to Catherine about their plan to annul their wedding because he'd been hiding this from her. They've been married 20 years. 20 years. Uh, Catherine starts sobbing, says her marriage to Arthur was never consummated. So how do you think Henry reacts to this? Russ, what do you think he does? Well, like EastEnders. Admit it, you you fucked him. I know you did, Catherine. Or it'll be like like, like Essex. um, Look, I'm like Mark, this is my favourite thing Mark Wright ever said in uh, The Only Way is Essex. Uh, Lauren Goodyear went, just tell me, Mark, do you love me or not? And he said, I'm not saying that I don't love you. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> you just saw her head go. <laughs> I think he was, I think he probably tried to manipulate her like that or gaslight her or something. So apparently Henry panics, comforts her and says, not to worry, everything will be fine. So not far off, yeah, not yeah, far yeah. off, you're right, yeah. Well, once again, everything stays Cowardly. the same. Cowardly. That is the traditional male way to break up, is there's two ways. Cowardly denial, until it gets so bad, one day you come home and she's not there, or be so mean that she splits up with you. They are yeah. the two ways that boys split up Yeah. with girls. It's very rarely an honest conversation. About- well, I tried it, and it's the worst experience of my life. I was like, I'm going to do the opposite. Okay, I'm no longer in love with it. <laughs> like the last thing I said. Well, so I think Henry tries both. I think he tries to be so mean to her, and then just kind of like... She just gets heartbroken instead. Yeah, she's Would you like- mean like throwing a party for his bastard in this fair room? Hint, hint. So after he tells Catherine not to worry... He arranges a papal court with representations from Rome to decide whether she had sex with his brother. They'll know. They'll definitely know. They'll know better than her. So apparently Henry was kind of hoping that just out of embarrassment, she would be like, peace out, fine, I'll go live in a convent, uh, you know, best of luck with you and your, your new partner. Catherine is not that type of gal. She not is going not going down without a fight. Yeah, she's like, I will not be Hell ignored, no Dan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Instead, she arrives in court. So she's really popular in England. Mm. People really like her. And, she's st- and she still is. She's celebrated every year. The flowers, there's still fresh flowers. You go and visit her grave now, there'll be fresh flowers on it. People, still people, love a, people, people love people love people love a wronged princess. They love a scorned woman. It's they true, tell, especially in this woman. country. So she arrives at the court, and what she does instead of like recognizing the court and like blah, 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 what she mm-hmm. does is she walks right over to Henry. Do it. Gets down on her knees. It's about fucking time, is what you said. <laughs> yeah. Too late for all that now. Yeah, that would have been good 20 years ago, love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we know codpiece machinations today. <laughs> and delivers a speech beseeching Henry for pity and compassion. And then she makes this big speech uh-huh. saying, 
I beseech you for all the love that hath been between us and for the love of God, let me have justice. Take of me some pity and compassion for I'm a poor woman and born strange of dominion. I have here no assured friend and much and a much less indifferent counsel. I flee to you as the head of justice within this realm. Alas, sir, where have I offended you? Or what occasion have you of displeasure that you intend to put from me? I take God and all the word to witness that I have been to you a true humble and obedient wife ever comfortable to your will and pleasure I have been pleased and contented with all the things wherein you had delight and dalliance I never grudged a word or countenance or showed a spark of discontent I loved all those whom ye loved only for your sake whether I had cause or no and whether they were my friends or enemies this twenty years and more I have been your true wife and by me ye have diverse children though it had pleased God to call them out of this world which hath been no fault in me and when ye had me for the first I take God to be my judge I was a true maid without touch of man and whether it be true or no I put it to your conscience if there be any cause by the law that you can allege against me either of dishonesty or any other impediment to put me from you I am well content to depart to my shame and dishonour if there be none I lowly beseech you let me remain in my former estate and re- receive justice at your princely hands and then wow. she walks out. Boom. Mic drop. My Some God. Beyonce Lemonade could and never. That, that one has aged okay. That was still powerful, that. So the court. Bit desperate, though. Was he like clingy? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, why don't you say See what I mean, don't lads? be a dick? All you need to say was just don't be a dick, Henry. <laughs> and she has given all this as always. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the court collapses because people are like, uh, we cannot follow that. Henry is furious. So he's like, okay, don't bother with an annulment from Rome. Mm-hmm. I'll just set up my own church. Here we go. This yeah. This is the most egregious Classic thing power in move. all of British history, in my opinion. <laughs> he finally snaps, sending her a letter. He cared not for her, a Jew. And she never sees him again. Oh, wow. How old is she now? Like mid 40s? So we'll we'll get to it. She's like late forties. Oh, late classic 40s. divorcee age. Well done. Uh, it's not like she can go age. to Crete and and rod away to though, is it? <laughs> <laughs> True. So she Catherine is banished from Corsh, and she goes from sort of increasingly bleak castles to more damp, rundown castles. Henry bans Catherine from seeing her daughter Mary. However. Catherine carries on signing all her letters, Queen Catherine. She's like, I'm, I'm queen. I'm Queen Catherine. So then, I'm trying to date. So, so in 1533, Anne, five months pregnant, marries Henry VIII. Um, his marriage to Catherine is annulled. He, as far as he's concerned, their wedding didn't happen. Whereas Catherine is like, in her, she just never accepts that they, they've split up. She carries on saying that she's married to Henry. She basically blames Anne. She's like, well, she like Henry didn't really do anything wrong. And then on the day she dies, she writes to her husband 
my dear lord, king and husband, the hour of my death now drawing on, the tender love I owe you forceth me, my case being such, to commend myself to you and to put you in remembrance with a few words of the health and safeguard of your soul, which you ought to prefer before all worldly matters and before the care and pampering of your body, for which you have cast me into many calamities and yourself into many troubles. For my part, I pardon you everything and I wish to devoutly pray that God will pardon you also. For the rest I commend unto you our daughter Mary beseeching you to be a good father unto her as I have heretofore desired. I entreat you also on behalf of my maids to give the marriage proportions which is not much there being but three. For all other servants I solicit the wages due to them and a year more lest they be unprovided for. Lastly I make this vow that mine eyes desire you above all things. Wow, she wow. never gave up. God. Kathy, yeah. take the hint, sweetheart. I oh, know. You're in a tower. He's literally <laughs> banging someone else. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> so what happened to Henry after that? <laughs> well, so how do you think Henry reacts to the news that the woman he spent 20 years with, that she has died? Doesn't he go out hunting? That would be quite henry fight. <laughs> Him and Anne dress up in festive yellow and throw a party. Yes. But, but I checked this and yellow is the mourning colour of the Spanish people. So some people have argued. I mean, who's pro Henry? I've got got to attempt here. (laughs) That they they were mourning in a Spanish way. Well, yeah, isn't yellow kind of because you always tear yellow ribbon around the tree when people die. So maybe yellow is quite a I think think it's a bit of a stretch, though. I think we are. We're trying. Snorting mead and shagging till 3 a.m. Yeah. She did attend her funeral, though. She lost a baby. Anne Boleyn lost a baby on the day of um, Catherine's funeral. I mean, we could speculate that she obviously was feeling quite strong things if she's miscarried a baby. It must have stressed her on on quite Mm. a deep level. I mean, um, you're going to be under pressure if you're married to Henry VIII. They started off so well, Russell. Why do you think Henry VIII, Catherine of Aragon, why couldn't it work? Because Henry should have got with the times. If he'd only realised how badass female monarchs could have been, he'd have had like the best relationship ever. Mm. He went on, ironically, to only have a daughter with bloody um, Anne Boleyn, who went on to be possibly the greatest monarch we've ever had in the UK, Queen Elizabeth I. So his whole paranoia and worries about his dynasty was completely misplaced anyway. It wasn't so much he got bored with her or didn't fancy her anymore. He got bored with her and didn't fancy her because he believed she couldn't produce sons mm-hmm. so it's that just was... misogyny the only reason they broke up is this basic yeah. basic misogyny from henry but that's in my opinion was the singular thing mm-hmm. which led to the breakup and to literally the breakup of, of the church of england mm-hmm. with the yeah. catholic church which these days like who cares no one goes to church but if you think about it the consequences are still so real it's wild today. and it was the longest and probably happiest relationship mm-hmm. like they were together for 20 years they were like a golden power couple but then he just work came first he chose work work came first yeah. and all the women were like see it can work going out with a younger man with an older wo- oh for god's sake it's gone wrong. No. 
and it's backfired because when people remember Henry VIII now we sort of laugh at how horrible he was and mm. recount died beheaded mm-hmm. divorced and she's remembered fondly still referred to as Catherine Queen of England she was set I think like on the 450th anniversary of her death something like that the Spanish ambassador came to the UK recently and yeah. did a state visit in her honour she's whooped him into the into the ground well, she that lived sort a whole, of answers she lived a whole life, question. Yeah, so exactly. I, I she, second... she wins. She won. She won the the the, the overall war, if not that battle. Yeah. In my oh, opinion. well, there you go. Catherine thrived. She thrived. Henry, unlike four of his wives, four uh, of them, he merely survived. Merely survived. Yeah, she was. A, she won the breakup big time. Definitely. Yeah, his life. His life was totally <clears throat> miserable. All his yeah. relationships were doomed. He found one. I forget which one it was. Might be Jane Seymour, mm-hmm. or who he actually loved. He was like, finally, my pure queen. Not only did he love her, not only was it going right, but she gave birth to a boy and then died in childbirth. But- it must have played on his mind. I'm a cursed here for being a bit of a dick to my yeah. wife. Yeah. I, I cancelled God. There's probably going to be some consequences for that. <laughs> he did pay for Yeah, she was the big, big, big winner here completely. Yeah, she was, listen, 20 years, 20 years. And he was like, he didn't even live for much longer after. Because I think it's because he married so much. We think it was just him and yeah. Catherine was a tiny part. But that was like sure. the majority of his reign. It just Catherine. accelerated like a science experiment. The curve just went higher <laughs> and higher. Till it looks like a nanosecond between wives. And as well, she, she got him during his hottie years. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for truly a messy, messy, messy couple. Let me know if you get I mean, a messier breakup than that. We in love your, it. In we love that's, that's going to be fucking hard a to be. Fucking 400, 500 year tr- shock. Hangover. Come on. <laughs> Still. Well, we've got one final question before we release you into the night. We okay. do, we do, we do. Um, there is a lovely lady out there who, much like our dear Catherine, is an icon and will remain so, I imagine, for several hundred years as well. And uh, we too think she deserves someone that can love her, someone on her level. So, Russell, we ask you, put your thinking cap on. Can you think of someone to get with, to be with, to get the level of, the one, the only, Cher? I think she really needs to get her rocks off. Do you know what I would love to see? Here we go. Harry Styles and Cher. That's what I've been trying to get Harry Styles. I've been trying to get Harry Styles for a while. I think I, th- I, I, I don't think know why that would break the, I think the internet would break so badly that we would have to go back to writing letters and analog <laughs> post. The, uh, you'd go to switch your computer on and there would just be a no signal. I think you're internet, totally right. It would permanently break. Can you imagine? If Cher got with pictures. Harry Styles. And Sherry we know Styles. He, he's got his, he, he does date older women. He has a history yep. of it. Mm. So I, I think, I think that's a, I would, I would like to see that. Great one. I've been waiting for that oh, one. It's my dream one. Thanks, for Thank Russell. you so much, Russell. Thank you amazing, so much. Amazing I episode. It. I absolutely loved it. And it was good because it was like intellectual but messy. Yeah. And it was. But at the core of it, it's just a, a selfish pig who couldn't get his own way and Mm-mm. discarded a woman. But she, you know, he discarded the wrong woman and she yeah. lives on winning in history. So take that. We love, we love a queen who wins. We always do. Indeed. Russell, where can our listeners find you? Well, I've just uh, finished uh, a tour, so I'm going to have a little break to recover from that 18-month bastard. Oh uh, but if you just follow me on my social media, it's like Russell underscore Kane or official Russell Kane, whichever one you're on. I'm always announcing things I'm up to there. Evil Genius, which is my passion project, where we mm-hmm. take people from history like Henry VIII, mm-hmm. and I have to try and convince my panel of three 
either why they were actually good rather than evil, like mm. that's called a reverse episode, like Henry VIII, or why they were evil rather than good. Granny's been on many times. We even did a live one at Latitude, if mm. my memory serves. It's really exciting. It's really funny way to do history. And this year it got picked up for TV. So I've just finished filming that. So I'm really Ooh, hoping that'll be on in the autumn so or winter on uh, on Sky. And who knows? From Perfect there. So, timing. Yeah. Look out for it. Well, so if, I know. If, you're, if you like... When our, we do deep dives on historical couples, you will absolutely, this is the podcast for you. So ha- yes. Google Evil Genius. Congrats. Well done. That sounds great. Well, you know, celebrate by jousting. I will. Having maybe a, even, a party. I'm going to loosen the codpiece. I'm going to loosen the codpiece as soon as we finish recording. And Lindsay knows when she hears me putting WD-40 into the screws of my codpiece, she knows what it means. <laughs> Listen and enjoy however you like. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Russell. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Russell. Adieu, adieu. Adieu. (laughs) The Way They Were is an Amanda Redman production produced by Abby Weaver and Amanda Redman. We want to hear your celebrity couple crush, so email us on thewaytheywerepod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at thewaytheywerepod and we're on Instagram at thewaytheywerepodcast. Thanks to you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. The The way way they they were. were.